Hello, I'm Richard Herring. I'm Abla Crowley. And this is Sight on Screen. So, yeah. this week... Hey, uh, dude, we were in a cinema with Sight actually on a goddamn big screen for the first time in four... Ever. Since we basically started this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we have been just locked up. There was, there was so much anticipation, starting with movies that hinted toward movies that were coming out this year, that we were going to watch, and yeah. also do an episode on, like, the new Mulan, which yeah. came out, but didn't really come out in cinemas, no. and, was, and was a big flop. Yeah, <laughs> I wonder why. And uh, Black Widow. Yeah. Top Gun. Top Gun. Gun. So many movies. Just went straight down in their, the quarantine drain. Yeah. But this one kind of held strong. It, it had summer yeah. 2020, and it stayed kind of summer 2020. I mean, yeah, no, mainly the because... End of it, but yeah, still. <laughs> mainly because Nola just doesn't give a sweet damn about your personal safety. <laughs> Pretty much. I think... Well, he's, he's one of those uh, that... And I don't really blame him, because his movies are better seen on the big screen, with the massive uh, yeah, but speakers. The fact that he refused to let the, the, this film even be shown at a drive-in... Yeah, it's a bit... He, uh, he, he really hard-lined on this for a strange reason. And a strange reason indeed, because after watching the movie, I honestly don't understand. <laughs> yeah, so in, yeah, in case you didn't read the title, we are talking about Tenet... Tenant, yeah, the, the new Christopher Nolan. Tenet, not Tenant. Yeah, that's true, Tenant. Tenant. Which is the latest big feature from, you know, acclaimed auteur Christopher Nolan. Who we sang the bloody praises of in Yeah, we episode. really went through a big old <laughs> roundup, and I'm gonna just come out right up front and say it. This is my least favorite Nolan. Yeah. I, I, agree. I just I just That's not to say it's a bad movie per se. There is entertainment value in it. There, there is, is entertainment some, value in it, yeah. There are some interesting concepts put forth, but something happened in that writing process. There was there was something that went wrong. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I just... I. Here's the thing, though. Usually I watch a movie like this, and I can see where it went wrong. Mm-hmm. It, I, th- that's one of the things of having done script doctoring and having worked with scripts and worked on screenwriting and such. You can usually tell where the mistake happened. Because usually it's a question of time. Something... There wasn't enough time given to A, B, or C. Here, it seems like it was just a mistake from the beginning. I don't know where it went wrong. I can't see the problem. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And when we get into spoilers, we'll get into more specifics. But I think the the main character, yeah, that was completely, it was a complete waste of a character. Yeah, Honestly, the movie the movie would have worked without him. <laughs> yeah, here's the thing. Because this is kind of, it's finally, it is it has always been the Nolan problem. It's finally come around and bit him truly in the ass. Nolan has always been much more interested in his concepts than in his characters. Yeah. Like, you, you could even argue to a certain extent in Inception where Cobb, the main character yep. that's played by uh, DiCaprio, Leonardo DiCaprio mm-hmm. doesn't really have much of a backstory, but... No, but what he does have is a clear... Motivation. Not only a clear motivation, but here's the thing. Good storytelling is that you have a central character, which you want to root for. You want the audience to get behind that character. You You give people a reason to invest, and you make the opponent 
some kind of dichotomy, reflection, or direct opposition to that character. Yeah. For Batman example, Joker. Batman Joker, or in the case of Cobb, him and his uh, dream version of his wife. Yeah. You know, this idea that his past is haunting him, and that is like, there's a psychology thing there, and you're like, a lot of what the story is is reflected in this character combat. And then it's circled back by the, the his task being the inception of an yeah. idea is what brought him down this road in the first place. Exactly. There's and a it, was, lot of, it was a really nice... It's a like, really tight narrative. Yeah. Memento, it's the fact that his memory issues is what is actually the source of issue, uh, of what he's doing. Yeah, and he doesn't know whether... Result. Yeah, he doesn't know whether or not he's actually committed this, these acts before. He's yeah. just repeating this cycle, or at least that's what yeah, the movie hints at. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff point. there where the, the overall concept, man who cannot remember, is reflected in the character. Mm-hmm. And then the storytelling. And then the storytelling. The storytelling, the character, there's kind of a back and forth there. Mm -hmm. It's all kind of reflecting back and forth, and it works on a narrative level. Mm -hmm. Even in Interstellar, which is, up until this point, narratively, the weakest Nolan. Yeah, mainly because of that one line. (laughs) (laughs) And the weirdo ending that was completely unnecessary. Yes, but in in Interstellar, at least there was that father-daughter relationship... Which then was kind of the overarching kind of point A to point B of what happened in terms of the time day, time dilation stuff. And yeah, no, because because the whole relationship between them, the love between them, which is the theme of the movie, yeah, is what what made him be able to send her the message. Yeah, exactly. Which then led him to repeat basically. Which I'm never going to claim is smart, but at least it worked narratively to a degree. Yeah. No, yeah. you. Upon watching it, you can understand what's going on. Yeah, to a it degree. gives you it gives you enough of a foothold to get your teeth into the concept. Yeah. Here, I'm sorry. This was this was way closer for me to a magic show than it was to a storytelling effort. Yes. So let's break down some of the. Positives and negatives, spoiler-free, and then we can get into some spoilers later on, because this is a brand new movie. It is a brand new movie, but I... yeah, okay. So, I guess I could start a little bit with the positives. Go for it. The soundtrack, although this is probably one of the first movies in a very long time to not have Hans Zimmer do the score, Mm. because he was busy with another project, I don't remember exactly what it was. Right. Uh, They used the same uh, composer as uh, Black Panther. Yeah, they did, yeah. and I liked and it. I liked it a lot. I liked there was the there was some really interesting and uh, like reversing of sounds and you know playing sounds forward. Yeah, back and forth. there was a lot of interesting stuff there. What I will say though, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say yes, that's a positive. Okay, the sound mixing was uh, yes, was I completely agree. <laughs> I completely agree. I'm sorry. What is, I that, blasted my eardrums in that movie. I'm sorry. Not not only that, but. There was so much ambient noise going on, half the bloody conversations just faded into nothing. Oh, yeah. And, you know, the famous Nolan scenes where they're just walking around and, and yeah. uh, in the streets and talking, like, for example, in Inception. Yeah. Uh, those scenes here, you could barely hear anything that people were talking about. <laughs> just, yeah, it's, 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 it's like noise. the cafe scene from Inception, but all you can fi- hear is angry seagulls. It's just, yeah. we really need to... Whatever this was in terms of a... Artistic decision? I doubt it's appara- that. No, no, it was. I read up on sense. it. Apparently, the idea <laughs> Nolan had is that if he made the conversations hard to hear, people had to pay more attention. 
Oh, God. And I'm like, dude, no. See, now this is why you don't give complete creative control. (laughs) You never give complete creative control. Oh, man. Anyway, yeah, so so, positive positive soundtrack, negative sound mix. Yeah. Uh, Back to the soundtrack. Although it wasn't Hans Zimmer, you'd be hard-pressed to recognize the difference. It was very Hans Zimmer-y. It was Zimmer-y, but also a slightly more modern take on Zimmer. Yeah, there was a bit more beats, let's say. A bit more percussion in there. Uh, then Melody, which is uh, a Zimmer must. Yeah, no, it had a little bit of a... I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah and it was, it kind of, it, it plays into the plot, because I'm just thinking the machinery, I'm yeah, not going to yeah, go yeah. too no, deep no. into it yet, but yeah. Like, you know what it reminded plays, me of? What? Terminator 2. Yeah, right? Yeah. Was, that, was, the same thing was yeah, going through yeah, my head. Yeah, 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 that metallic kind of, you, you mm. can almost hear the ironworks going on in parts of this exactly. movie. Yeah. Uh, another major positive for yeah, me, at least, for choreography. Of some of the action scenes. There was some really awesome... I love the fact that you're going to give a positive and then I'm going to really, like, counter it with a negative here. I don't know. I, I mean, the two scenes that are, that are the main focus yeah. are obviously the, the airport scene. Airport scene. And then the final yes. uh, silo, whatever, yeah. scene. So, here's the thing. I'm going to agree with you about the choreography. I think the choreography was great. I want to punch the cameraman. Yes! <laughs> I completely agree with you. <laughs> he completely takes you out of the action, it, which is so it annoying. It's some of the worst camera work. It reminds possible. me of Batman Begins, but at least there you had, like, that idea of, well, if you, you're not supposed to be able to see Batman because, you know, he's instilling fear and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But it was, like, really, really bad camera work in Batman Begins. You know Begins. what it reminded me of? The later Bourne movies. Bourne Ultimatum. Yeah, sure. Born, born superior, not born, not born identity. Born identity was restrained green grass camera work. Mm-hmm. This was the green grass camera work we didn't want, man. <laughs> this I'm was telling. This camera was, work. Ooh, yeah, very much so. It was like, come on. It didn't cut too much. It was just way too close. It was too close, and it was too shaky. Way too shaky. It was like, you know what? We 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 know how to do fight choreography. Why? <laughs> The fact that they couldn't get just a little bit more of that John Wick. I'm gonna na- I'm gonna name drop a movie that we yeah, also recently watched. Old Guard. Old Guard. Yeah, absolutely. Amazing, amazing okay. choreography and fantastic camera work. Because finally, we're finding this balance. Because yes, I as much as I love the John Wick series, this idea of the long take, no edit fight scenes has gone too far. Oh, Editing, especially in John Wick Three. John Wick oh, Three, God. too much. Editing has its place in a fight scene. You watch an old action movie, guess what? Editing is in there. John Woo wouldn't have got where he is without a good editor. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's it's a balance. We went way too into the editing. We ended up with this green grass nonsense of half a second cuts. Yeah, the median cut of being half a second or, Man, or less. And that is just awful. And then we went way too far the other way with John Wick 3, where it's just kind of like, cut... Please cut. Yeah. I beg you. We we don't need we don't need this to keep going this far. Yeah. And then it's like like old guard is right there in the perfect sweet spot. Yeah, because you see like one amazing action move yeah. after another, but it's cut in between them. But it's also the fact that they've got a really good rhythm. Beat, yes. beat, beat, cut, beat, 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 cut. It's enough to watch the action. It's yeah. enough to get some smooth sequences, and then we cut to a better angle for even more effect. Speaking of that rhythm, it kind of reminds me of a little bit of Baby Driver. Yes, Baby where, Driver where is they, great for they, that. Yeah, because Baby Driver was edited and even to shot the soundtrack. to the soundtrack, which, oh, yeah. which gave everything a very unique rhythm. Yeah. John so, Spencer Blues Explosion, man. Yeah. That is an absolute killer opener. Oh, God. It's so great. But this was, especially the airport scene, 
I was losing my mind. Now, given that they actually filmed it at the Norwegian airport. Yeah, they did. I didn't realize there was Norway was yeah, in this movie. So I'm just sitting there going, wait, what? Yep. Oslo, we need to go Oslo to Oslo. Airport. <laughs> Oslo airport. And they filmed it at the actual airport. So to a certain extent, I can understand the tight corridors and whatnot. Yeah, but, but my you know what? God. Build a set. Yes. Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't you care about realistic. Build that set. We have the money. It probably would have cost you less than renting Oslo Airport. Nothing yes. in Norway is cheap. Oh, it's like the Fallout. Uh, yeah. Mission, Mission Impossible Fallout. And they yeah. rented out, like, how much easier would have been if we just, like, made a set or something? Just build, do the, you know what? Do the goddamn parasite. Build ha- build the set and then film outside for part of it. Yeah, there you go. Perfect. You know what? You could have shown me the outside of that airport. I would have been fine. Yeah, me too. I would have believed it. I have no idea what it looks like behind the central <laughs> yeah. area of Oslo Airport. Anyways, so yeah, the choreography, although the camera work, horrible. choreography, fantastic. You know what? I the main actor of John David Washington was an NFL player. It shows when he goes I didn't through. Actually the, know that. No, he was an NFL quarterback, I think. No. So when he's going through the action beats, especially the restaurant bit where he's going yeah, through the yeah, kitchen. Yeah. You are feeling that physicality. This guy's got severe, like, screen fight presence. He makes these hits land. Mm. And I'm thinking to myself, yes, yes, yes. And then the camera's, like, doing whatever it's doing. I'm like, no, no, no. (laughs) Okay. So another positive slash negative that you're also going to counter with. Yeah, go for it. Uh, I'm going to say that most of the performances (laughs) were really good. Two really stand out as being well, one of them stands out as being awful, mm-hmm. and then one just incredibly bland. <laughs> okay, I am... Go for it. Tell so, me. I'm Rob, really Robert curious. Pattinson, yeah. Kenneth, uh, Kenneth Branagh, amazing performances. Yeah. Both. No, they they both, both nailed it. They nailed it. Completely. Yeah. The... the protagonist. The protagonist, which is John what David his name Washington. is. Yeah. yeah. He didn't get a name in the movie. Yeah. That was, that was the name. Uh, that's in the credits. The protagonist. Yeah, the protagonist. Uh, he's just incredibly bland as a character. There's no character yeah. motivation. Even his interaction with people is just really stilted in a lot of scenes, which is which was a surprise to me because I'd seen him in Black Klansman and mm-hmm. some... Uh, I'd seen a, a few episodes of Baller. I've which never is, watched that show, but yeah. The Dwayne Rock the Johnson. Dwayne Rock. Yeah. Again, NFL player, which is why he's in that. Yeah, and... Really, really great John David, because this is Denzel Washington's kid. Yeah. And you can tell. He's got, when he's doing good, he's really got a bit of that old Denzel magic. Yeah. But here, here it was like completely lacking any and all charisma. Yeah, it really was. And I think that has to do, I, I can't blame John David Washington. I suspect, like you, I suspect it has a lot to do with the script and the fact that there was no characterization. I think it has a lot to do with the script. I also think it has a lot to do with the Nolan directing style. Maybe. Because I want you to cast your mind back to Inception, Mm -hmm. and I want you to think about the DiCaprio performance in that. Was there a lot going on there? Really? No. Or was it mainly carried by the fact that we, he got such a veteran actor that he could make what little he had work? That's true. He does have a tendency to get really veteran. Like, even Christian yeah. Bale. Christian Bale plays an incredibly bland... <laughs> the blandest of Batmans. Even blander than Ben Affleck. <laughs> but yes. Yeah, you know what? I'll agree with that. At least Ben Affleck has some that anger in him. Yeah, no, he's... Got, but yeah, but, yeah but, but Christian Bale is such a veteran actor that I think he pulled it off. And I think to most people, he's, he's still considered as the best Batman. 
I'm a Keaton guy, but yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm, me too. Yeah. Uh, Mainly because I like the Batman who I look at and I honestly think to myself, this guy might snap and kill us all. And I like the Batman that I completely can't see being Batman. <laughs> like, this is the Bruce Wayne. Like, no, you're obviously yeah, you're, not Batman. You're clearly a nut job <laughs> hiding something in this house. I don't know what it is, but it's something. Like, Keaton, I can completely believe as some insane person with a, with a lot of money. Yep. But as a Batman, like, just looking at the outside. But then when he actually plays, like, when he puts yeah. on the costume... He's completely yeah. Batman. Michael Keaton is I. You know the people who meet Michael Keaton should be looking at him, going, "This man is either Batman or I need to start checking my drinks." <laughs> Definitely the second one, yeah. regardless. Regardless, when he knocks out Kid Basinger in that movie, it's kind of like, I know, "Dude, what what have you got in that cape?" Oh god. Well, uh, yeah, that's besides the point. Uh, the the mother, the the wife. Uh, yeah, she's Kenneth Branagh's wife. Yeah, what is her name? I can't remember. Marie something. something. Yeah, I don't know she, the actress's name either. No, and the, such bad writing for her. Yeah, I'm not gonna say that she's a bad actress because I really, I really don't haven't seen her or anything her else. Anything. Not that I can remember. Yeah, but like, look her up. absolutely, I'm curious, absolutely but... horrible writing, and they repeat that freaking line again yeah. and again. I mean, this is, over... again, this is the Nolan that's Nolan can't write women. Nolan has never been able to write women. Carrie Ann Moss and Memento. That's true. Not that you mentioned that. That is pretty much the bitches be crazy performance. And that's all that character had. That girl in Inception. What's her name? Mal? Sure. Yeah, Ma- uh, she Marianne She has Cotillard. nothing to do except be the... But she's incredibly charismatic, She's, she's great. <laughs> but she's able to pull actress. it off. Yeah, yeah that's an actress. what I'm talking about. <laughs> Nolan needs good actors because he isn't a great director of actors. He's a great director of action, and he's a great director of story concepts. Yeah, I guess you're right. That's why he needs Michael Caine. <laughs> he's in everything. He is in everything. <laughs> it's kind of like, Michael, please save me. Michael Caine. Michael Caine. <laughs> I love that. I guy. love the fact that he just shows up for nothing in this movie. Yeah, he shows up for like two minutes, and then that's it. <laughs> I get up, you know, I won't stand up. <laughs> no, no, Chris, I'm sitting. <laughs> yeah, like, we're not plush. <laughs> Yeah, no, I just, I, yeah, I'm sorry, whatever, I, again, it's so, Elizabeth Debicki, apparently. Debicki. She's in The Great Gatsby. Ah. Yeah, she's. I love that. She's in Guardians of the Galaxy? She's in The Man from Uncle? What? What is she? The Man from Uncle? Oh, is she, is she? She's actually one of the leads in The Man from Uncle. She's the bad girl, isn't she? (laughs) She's the bad, she's the evil one. (laughs) I think so. Oh, God. Sorry, so, this lady has not left a lot of an impression on me, to be no. entirely honest with you. I'm like, but now that you're mentioning the name of the movie, I'm, I'm remembering. And she's the she's the golden woman from uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, whatever that weird yeah, character that, is. Yeah, that weird race of, yeah. uh, of just, like, really snobbish people. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah and that makes sense. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. She yeah. is, she's got her nose so high in the air, you can almost mm. look into her upper brain cavity. It's just like, what are you doing, lady? <laughs> Yeah, she's the bane, she's the bad woman from um, the Man from Uncle. Yeah, which is a great movie. <laughs> yeah, I this is the thing. One. She's a good bad guy because she is snobbish as all hell. Yeah, doesn't doesn't make she... for a sympathetic character. <laughs> no, it's like John David Washington is going so far out of his way for this woman in this movie, and yeah. you are literally sitting there going, "But why, dude? I don't think she's worth it." Yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty sure you could just let her go. <laughs> she gives absolutely no reason why he should care. Like no. other than the than the than the, the the line that they keep hammering over the head with, 
that I'm not gonna mention yet. Don't mention it yet. But here, okay, here's the thing I will say: when she showed up in the movie, I was funny. I hadn't watched the trailer or anything. Yeah, me When she kept being in the movie, yeah, that was the I was beyond shocked. I'm like, wait, this is our character? <laughs> These four are our characters. I Great. thought I thought we were gonna leave her behind. I thought we were moving on. And it's so funny because I really. Oh, like most of the side characters, I really like, like the like the British uh, MI6 guy. Hell yeah, no, I love I love them. He was hilarious. Great, yeah, no issues there. <laughs> yeah, but every uh, mm. hell, even Suja or whatever her name was, the weapons dealer. Yeah, who I call the plot hole. The but, plot hole. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm just gonna call her the plot hole. Yes. <laughs> yeah, there is some some stuff that happens. Oof. Oh my god, no and. Again, this is what I'm talking about. Every complaint you've ever heard about a Nolan movie, this yes. takes all of them to the extreme. Yeah, to the after. Do you think Dunkirk was a bit slow in parts? Wait till you watch Tenet. Oh, do you God. do you think N- Nolan can't write women? Women? Wait till you watch Tenet. <laughs> do you think Nolan is getting carried away with his choreography and his stylistic uh, effects? Wait till you watch motherfucking Tenet. <laughs> Oh my god. god. What a. Mm. And again, I don't want to discourage people from watching the movie because I think there is entertainment value in it. Sure. Man, you're away, some... from, you're away from her for giving you this movie than I am. Uh, well, I, I don't know. I, I, uh, you know me. I'm forgiving. I, you are forgiving. <laughs> I'm forgiving way major. more forgiving yeah. of this stuff than I am. But. <laughs> but, uh, but I think, uh, I think that people should temper their expectations quite heavily. Because I had relatively high expectations, and I, but I didn't watch any of the trailers like you. No, that was my mistake, because I took my girlfriend, and uh, she is a um, flute player, and a <laughs> she studies... Uh, she's, this, uh, is not, of, this is not a spoiler, because it happens no, literally in the no, first it's the two minutes. It's the first two minutes. So she has a bachelor in classical music flute playing. Great. Opening of the movie, I hear an orchestra being tuned, and she's there next to me, and she perks right up, and I'm, and we're, I'm thinking to myself... Good on me, man. Yeah. There's an orchestra in this. It's gonna be great. First thing that happens, terrorist attack on an orchestra. Hold the flute player. The flute player gets a gun shoved into his face, and I can just I get, the corner of my eye. I'm just watching her, like just going, filling up with the rage. And I'm like, I am in so much trouble. But oh god, and it wonderful. just, I just know what is this? And again, th- that opening scene is perfectly indicative. Who's there? Why is anything happening? Does any of this matter? Do I care? Have I been given any reason to care? No, 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 no. And at no point does it really kind of give any reason for itself to exist. Yeah, because no one does hard opens. Uh, sure. Did a, he did an inception. Yep. Uh, but, again, he really took his time in that one. He yeah, had... but here's the thing. In inception, the hard open was... An, it was so integral to the plot, though. It was so. It was number one integral to the part. Number two, it served purpose. It, it explained things. It put mm. a lot of stuff into context for the rest of the movie. Great. Yeah, because one of the first things that happens is Cobb, the main character, explains what it is you're doing. He's, yeah, he no. is. He is an expert, a security expert for dreams. But here's the big thing. That here's the huge difference. Opening of Inception, hard open. You know what's established almost immediately. Who is our main character and what are the stakes? Yeah. We know there's a timeline. We know he needs to get something and we know who he is and what he's kind of doing. And you're also introduced to the villain of the movie. Also introduced to the villain. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. Okay. Opening attendant. 
What happened? Nothing. Nothing to do with anything in the movie, nope. honestly, except for that one shot, which is sort of what sp- what what kickstarts the whole plot. Yeah, but even... is is a bullet that goes backwards, and it's like okay, great, <laughs> all right, fantastic. <laughs> And the fact that John David Washington has zero reaction to it yeah, is right? amazing. I would have freaked the heck out. I would have stopped. I'm like, nope, I'm done. Yeah. I've clearly lost my mind. Uh, Physics insane. has changed. And then there's obviously... So should we get into spoilers? Now that, now that we've gone through the three good things about this movie. <laughs> Again, I mean, the only thing... With I've caveats? It's three good things with caveats. I, I think what we can say, just to round off the non-spoiler section... Mm-hmm. As a technical achievement, it's quite breathtaking. There is Completely so much agree. technical stuff going on in this movie that is actually really, really great. And what's like the the cherry on top is that almost mo- almost all of it is practical effects. Yeah, here's and the, that's a Nolan that's a Nolan's that's guarantee. a Nolan guarantee. But here's here's the thing I'm going to say, and I think this is kind of both the biggest compliment and the biggest insult I can give this film. This movie is going to be shown in film courses from now on, but only in technical fields. Yes. This movie is never going to be shown to an audience of film students for its story, its character, or its narrative. Yeah, because it fails on all those fronts. Yeah, it's going to be shown purely as a technical example, mm-hmm. which is honestly kind of a failure of filmmaking. Yeah, because he pi- like it's like pioneering a single aspect. <laughs> yeah, because he did he did the he did the technical aspects amazingly. Yeah, like we were no saying doubt. the choreography, the uh, some of the effects that were there, like the, the cars moving yeah, backwards. Yeah, all forward. of that stuff is great, but yeah. he never gave us a reason to care. No, that was a thing, which is kind of sucky. It could have been boiled down to a thirty-minute uh, montage yeah. of <laughs> of just amazing effects, and that's about yeah, it. Yeah, this could have been an effect, an amazing show reel. Yeah. But yeah, okay, so that's kind of the round off on non-spoiler territory. Let's mm. get into it. Uh, would you recommend the movie? This? Yeah. Like people to experience? From a purely technical aspect? Or... On a purely technical aspect? Sure. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm kind of going to make a weird recommendation here, which is that I think it probably benefits a lot from a cinema experience. Yes. I think this movie probably falls flatter at a home, at home on a TV. And I think Nolan knew that, which is why he was so adamant about it being shown in theaters. Yeah, but this is kind of my double-edged sword here, which is kind of like, yes, this movie probably works really well in cinemas compared to how it works at home. I am not entirely sure it's worth the price of admission. Yeah. That's a hard sell for me, man. I, I mean, we live in Norway where the tickets cost a fortune. I mean, they do in the U.S. as well. It's $15, yeah. $15. $15. Yeah. I don't think this movie's worth 15 bucks. Yeah, I, kinda, yeah, I, I don't. And I, it's the uh, first Nolan film that hasn't been worth price of admission for me. Yeah, same. And but I'm going to I'm going to put a little like asterisk and say if you are a huge Nolan fan, yeah, as we are. Yep. <laughs> and appreciate the technical aspect of filmmaking. Yeah. Uh, and then can also look away from some of the caveats and, and down. I mean, if you parts. Have a, if you can find a reason to watch this, if you have a reason, like if you say to yourself, "Yeah, I'm watching it because it's a Nolan," or yeah. "I'm watching it because of John David Washington," or "I'm yeah. watching it because of uh, Patterson," I would watch it because of Patterson. He's really he, good. He does, he's a really. He, he, I wanted him to be the protagonist, to be honest, because he was way more entertaining and actually had some character. He really did, but I think he would have. Here's the problem. But I think, in, in the same role, he would have had the same problem. He would have had I, the exact I, same yeah, problem. I, I, know, I know. I mean, the, 
I would have loved to watch Kenneth Branagh do exactly this character as the villain of Die Hard 2. Yes. <laughs> but that's where he belongs. It's not in this movie. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's one that's another thing this movie does really weird where it has some of these over-the-top characters, and even the concept is incredibly over-the-top. Yeah, I mean... This but it tries to ground itself. Branagh's a Bond villain. Yeah. He is a he goes perfect... Out. He is a perfect modern-era Daniel Craig Bond villain. He actually did a much, much better job than, say, Christoph Waltz, who's also an amazing actor, but fell flat in Spectre. Because he didn't chew the scenery enough. Exactly, but... Kenneth Branagh. Is, oh. Yeah, but oh, here's the thing. Him as Blumfeld. I think, oh my god. I think the Christopher. I think the Christopher Waltz character Inspector would have been a better match for this movie. Yes, I completely agree. He would have been that kind of slightly more subtle, slightly more nuanced performance is what this movie kind of needed. Yeah. Kenneth Branagh is like, you, it's this is the problem. You have one side which is just uh, Patterson and Washington having quiet conversations in small spaces with a lot of ambient sound, with a lot of ambient noise. <laughs> Or, like, walking the streets of Mumbai or whatever. Yeah. And you're kind of watching that and you're going, like, okay, it's this kind of movie. It's it's almost West Wing walk and talk. Cut to Brenna, who is, like, Godzilla tearing through scenery. Yeah, I know. And just, like, I'm here on a yacht and I'm eating it. Ah! <laughs> I am a Russian. It's, like... Yeah, and it's... Even the accent. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's so over the top. I absolutely like, loved it. <laughs> and the, and the scenes where he is paired with whatever her name is, Cat... I don't know. The, the, the woman. The woman. When he is paired with the single woman in this movie. Yeah. I think there's oh, one. There's the other one. There's one woman who... There's the there's the, the arms dealer, and then there's the scientist. Those three Yeah, women. there's an arms dealer, a scientist, and... But they have such minor roles in comparison to her. She's, she's an actual she main character. the woman. Yeah. Anyway, when he is paired with her, there's like a scene near the end where they really have to kind of like match wits almost. Yeah. Oh, God. And it, it, it's, she does not match his level of intensity it's, it's at all. Of, it's kind of amazing because it's kind of like me standing in a field on a bright sunny day and turning on a flashlight and saying, I made it better. <laughs> I'll find it now. Oh, my God. Because, yeah. dude, she is just not up there. Okay, one last positive before we move over to the right. territory is the fact that this movie wraps up practically everything it sets up. Like, every little... Things that every little thing that's mentioned in the movie, because if you if you were paying attention, yeah, I, as far as I could tell from our single viewing, and I think this, I I would need to watch this at least one or two more times to really to, to like know this for sure. Yeah, but pr- practically everything that was set up had a payoff in the sense of wrapping the story. Yeah, from gonna, a plot sense. Again, I'm gonna just have to combat you with a negative attached to the same point. Yes, I agree with you. I think every single little check mark is ticked off. Yeah. I think that was done at the expense of letting the certain areas that needed to do so breathe. Yeah. I think the I, I think the script and I think the editing was much more interested in checking those tick marks mm-hmm. so that he could point at and say, Look how smart I am. Yeah. Instead of actually letting certain moments kind of do what they needed to do emotionally. Yeah. Because this feels like it was a four hour cut that had to be worked down to two hour forty. And what they edited out was anything that wasn't in the service of that checking off. Yeah. And, yeah, keep that in mind if you are planning to watch this movie. That it's a two-hour, 40-minute movie that you definitely feel. It's a two-hour, 40-minute movie that feels like three and a half hours. Yeah, 
It, uh, it's the same it, length. It reminded me of my longer Snyder cuts. Dude, it's a, yeah, but okay, a movie you finally got around to watching, it's about the same length as Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That's true, yeah. Which that one, flew by. Yeah. yeah, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood just whoop, done, fine, finished. Woo, yeah. What a ride. And the, I don't know if I mentioned that before we started recording or after, but now, just to like, sort of wrap up this uh, section, Yeah. now that we've I mean, when starting out, I was not a huge fan of, of Tarantino, although I did enjoy his movies, mm-hmm. but from a purely entertainment standpoint, I was more focused on Nolan as a as an auteur, you could say. Yeah, whatever. A filmmaker. Sure. And now those paths have kind of switched and switched, where now I'm more interested in what uh, Tarantino will do next than what Nolan will do next. And that is a sad, sad day. Because I think what's happening is this. Tarantino is benefiting from age. Tarantino is maturing as a filmmaker. Mm-hmm. Nolan, honestly, seems to be kind of regressing because he—he's he, no one's keeping him in check. Yeah, I think, that's I think Nolan would have made exactly this movie 20 years ago if he'd had the budget and the opportunity. But people were keeping control of him, so he made the movies he did. Yeah, I mean, seeing some of his shorter films, you can maybe see some aspects of this in there. Yeah, I think this is what ha- this is him with complete creative control, finally. Mm. practically an unlimited budget and full creative control and his worst tendencies have just really taken hold and festered Mm. and it's for me it's really sad because he has made some movies that I absolutely adore yeah no his his movies have always been like in my top tens of the year oh yeah yeah completely Prestige right up there oh my god Prestige Inception right up there Dark Knight right up there and if you want to see a Nolan movie, watch Prestige. Oh, honestly. yeah. Uh, honestly, that's my... Prestige and Inception. As, yeah, as much as I love Inception, like, yep. if I had to pick one, Prestige. Prestige. No, Prestige. I agree with that completely. Prestige is probably the best he's ever been at writing. And I don't think you had anything to do with writing of that movie. No, that was his brother. <laughs> yeah, that was Practically, Jonathan. that was his brother, and he just script-doctored. Yeah. Uh, and whenever Jonathan Nolan is involved... Jonathan Nolan can write. Yeah. Jonathan Nolan is the much better screenwriter than his brother. Yeah, Jonathan Nolan sort of came... Well, he was part of what led to the idea of Memento, which is one of yep. his breakthrough feature. Unfortunately, John David... And unfortunately, John Nolan was running off and doing Westworld. Yeah. Anyway, so that uh, wraps up our non-spoiler section. So now... let's get into the actual... what, Like every Nolan movie, there is some... What is the movie about? It's not who, it's a what. Yeah, and... Uh... I couldn't tell you <laughs> this movie. Well, I could. Uh, it's about sure. So, Go for it. So one thing that I cause I read a bit about about it um like after I saw the movie. So one thing that this movie does pretty well is the science part of it, which is sort of a staple of Nolan. Scientifically, he's always been relatively accurate. So like, okay. uh, even when even when he takes things in the fantastical element, he tries to ground it in some sort, some form of science. Okay, I am really waiting to hear where you go with this. But yeah, go for it. so the whole cons- the whole plot of this movie revolves around that people in the future figured out a formula. Same way, the same in the same way of how Inception, uh, sorry, uh, Interstellar had also people from the future made this wormhole and this tesseract, and you know. <laughs> People of the future figured it out. <laughs> We're not going to worry about it now. This is the future. <laughs> oh, don't ask. Yeah. They figured out this formula to reverse time. And as we all know, 
time moves, at least in Einsteinian physics yep. and not string theory, yeah, yeah, yeah. time only has a single... Uh, linear forward direction. Well, not linear, but uh, but it's only got a positive axis. Yeah, it doesn't have only, a negative axis. It doesn't have a negative axis. So you, axis, can, you yes. can speed time up, you can slow time down, but you cannot reverse time. Correct. But because of laws of like laws of entropy, yeah. which is the second law of thermodynamics, I'm not going to get too far into it because no. this isn't a science lesson. Nope. But people in the future figured out how to reverse entropy. Yes. Which, in in a sense, reverses time. Yeah. And I'll be entirely honest, this is the point where they explain this in the film without doing... <laughs> and, and it really is a tell-don't show. They just this, sit you down and tell you this. Yeah, no, but it's amazing because they literally have the line in the movie where... Don't try to understand. <laughs> Don't try to understand it. Just, like, it's yeah. intuitive. Yeah. Just and, feel it. And I gotta... I swear to God, that is the moment... I, la- I laughed out loud. Yeah. I, I was like, yeah. <laughs> you know what? That's the point where you're gonna lose... A lot of people are just gonna go, okay. And you, it, it's I, where it almost lost me. I'm yeah, like, same. I, I never expected that line from an Nolan movie. Yeah. It was I was completely don't, in shock and laughed out loud. Don't try to understand it. You know what? That's a line that you would expect in, for example, Back to the Future. Come yeah, on, right? Nolan. Yeah, or like some weird Asylum movie or something, some B-movie. <laughs> like, yeah. don't try to understand it. <laughs> just, really, just go with it. <laughs> I'm sorry. That, that just ain't gonna cut it, man. And that actually, right after that line, introduces a major plot hole, which is him being able to pick up the bullets. Yep. This is this this is where the problem comes from. Okay. That, no, that. if actually, if you take that whole scene out of the equation, the rest kind of works. <laughs> no, but it that doesn't. really freaks messes with it up. No, <laughs> it thing. doesn't. I'm, it doesn't. And I'm gonna I'm gonna tell please, you why. Yes, please do because you have a better memory than I do. Okay. <laughs> so so here's ahead. here's the problem you're having. Time reversal. Yes, I kind of see it in terms of short-term narrative structure. Mm-hmm. Yes, you can reverse the momentum of things, and I mean, and they take this to the extreme where people oh, yeah. are now moving backwards through time. Yeah, it's absolutely amazing, and it and it looks bizarre. And the technical achievement, the stuff, is where this kicks in. Yeah. So I got a question for you, and I and I really got this question for you because yeah. I'm wondering if maybe you got this better than I did. So maybe you can actually explain this to me. All there right. is a scene. Which features an interrogation that is moving both forward and backwards in time. Mm-hmm. Where a woman is shot in the shoulder, right? Uh, was the shoulder or was the, the stomach? It wasn't, like, near her kidney, I think. Oh, yeah, no, she's shot in the kidney. Yeah. And then she's held up to the bullet wound, bullet hole and threatened that the bullet's going to go back into her and kill her somehow. Yeah. Yeah, he th- puts her head against the, the window and is going to kill her. Yeah. So... And yeah, that's exactly the threat. Because she gets she she gets shot in an, another time, I think. Yeah. Here's my question: <laughs> Where did the bullet come from? The bullets so, in the window. Yeah, the bullets in the window, and they do a really, really horrible job of explaining this. Okay. But Maybe you got this, and I'm, yeah, I'm so, curious now. So exactly in the same idea and concept as the plane, the airport scene, where yeah. you had the bullet holes. Already the glass, there. And then when you play the video backwards, which comes later in the movie, you yeah. see that he actually which is weird, that he would try to kill himself. Yes. Yeah, but you know, he shoots the he shoots the the, the window. Yeah. And then so and then goes off. And so when you play it backwards, that happens first, essentially. Yes. This is the same thing where he did shoot yeah. in in the future, I guess. Yeah. 
but then playing it backwards, it comes back into the gun. Yes. So that's the thing. He that shot, is... then he went into the machine, out on the other side, dragged her with him. Yes. And then held the gun near the bullet hole so that it pops back into his gun. Yes. Yeah. And I get all that. Yeah. Here's my question, then. And this is really where you, you lose me. Because there's a lot of instances in this movie where this reverse bullet is talked about. Yeah. This idea that the bullet's going to go back into the gun and that's more damaging somehow than a normal bullet. Yeah, I don't get why it would be more damaging. If anything, it would just be exactly the same. And somehow that requires special medical treatment. Because Yeah, that was... Mm, I, Again, don't, I don't want to get into it. I don't want to get into it. But here, here's, the, here's where it kind of loses me, which is this... Yes, I can understand the bullet goes back into the gun. And apparently no one has free will and the entire world is predeterministic. Great. But, for the love of Pete, how can a man moving forward in time have a physical interaction with something moving backwards in time which relates us back to this picking up the bullets nonsense? The picking up the bullets is complete nonsense. <laughs> the picking of the bullets, the shooting the gun backwards from the already set tablet, yeah, it's yeah. just... I, yeah, I, no, 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 that that whole scene is complete bollocks. <laughs> yeah, but here's the thing: that whole scene lends the rest of the movie this idea that you are somehow interacting with these materials. Yeah, but you're not. I mean, that's because because they keep they keep talking about the grandfather paradox. Yeah, and the grandfather paradox basically says that if you do have the ability to travel back in time, you would have already done it essentially. Yeah. So everything that you're seeing has already been done. Yeah. Meaning that. It is predetermined. There is yeah. no free will, so to speak. Uh, it's more like whatever you thought now, you would have always thought given the same circumstances, essentially. Yeah. So, yeah, so repeat, repeating a timeline again, if you haven't changed anything, again, you would always pre- do the same thing. Predeterministic AF. Yeah. They're, they're, yeah. You have no free will in this world. Yeah, and, and I mean, that lends itself to Einsteinian physics. Sure. Yeah, Because that, that's okay. sort of the same concept, where it yeah. says, you know, if you're able to go out of time, you can see all of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, something, something. because yeah, because, as, like I said, given the exact same circumstances, you will always do the same decision. Yeah. Uh, and having no other knowledge. So so here they're saying, yeah, the, the grandfather paradox is you, whatever happens has always happened. Yes. So... If someone learned to go back in time, it means you would have already seen them because they have gone back in time before. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of what they're playing on. So the, so that's why it makes no sense in that scene no, with the doctor it because it's doesn't. like you don't have any interaction with these objects because what happens is what's going to happen or what, or what has already happened. Yes. So, so yeah, you have no you know, effect on it. So that's why I mean that whole scene kind of ruins the, the whole effect it of the movie. really Cause does. Because that, that happens in the beginning when they explain yeah, the plot so to you. so you set the rules, and yeah, then you just and then don't care. Like, and then immediately when you meet Robert Pattinson, he breaks that rule and tells you, no, no, that's not how it works. It's actually like this, which is like the established narrative. Yeah. I was like, okay, so what is true now? And I guess Nolan does everything in his power to prove Pattinson right and the doctor <laughs> wrong. Yeah, but just don't think well, about it. Or the scientist, it. I mean, not the doctor. Just don't try to understand. Yeah, don't try to understand and feel it. <laughs> Jesus, I, it really just... It, oh, my God. When that, when 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 uh, John David... Or what's his name again? Yeah, John David Washington looks up and just goes, yeah, it's intuitive. And I'm like, nah. Nope, not really. Nah, that didn't work, Bell. That's, that's just not okay. Because they set up, like, if you think... Like, if you plan on dropping a bullet, like, if, yep. you, if you think about dropping a bullet, then in reality it would pop in your hand. Yeah. 
Like, that's the concept that they explain at the scientists. Which makes sense in terms of an action thing. Yeah, and that's why I was on board. I was like, okay, so this isn't really, like, one-to-one with the science, and it's kind of going for its own thing, kind of like Inception yeah, with the dream great, machine and perfect. all that stuff. I'm, so I was fully on board. I'm on board. Like, yeah, and I was like, okay, that makes sense, because then, like, if you plan on... Uh, like reloading a gun or something, you would shoot a gun. Yeah, or so, like something there's, there's a effect. lot of interesting things you could do with this. Yeah, but then they go out of their way to do no. Let's do the actual like the the true scientific explanation. Had this been possible, and it just completely takes you out of it. <laughs> I got the like, and, and here's the thing I got to say. I'm doing funny bunny rabbit ears. Yeah, because no. because it's not really no. no, it's not that accurate. Here here's the thing I got to say. Which is that the initial idea that you can somehow affect these objects and they kind of mess with how time works. Mm-hmm. You know what? If they just run with it, more entertainment. Yeah, I completely Way agree. That's what I, that's what I that's what I was saying. I was fully on board with that concept. I was like, okay, so thinking of doing something, we'll do the opposite of it. Given yeah. given that these have been affected by some kind of machine or whatever. Yeah, you know I was what? like, okay, that's that would be pretty cool. You know what this is. And, and again, we keep referencing other Nolan movies because, again, he, the way he directs is so cyclical almost. Mm-hmm. This is the uh, the, ch- the logic staircase from Inception. Yeah. That one time we bring in this interesting concept of, ooh, we can mess with architecture because reality only, doesn't matter. Yeah, and it only comes into play once. One time. We, it's explained in one scene, immediately proven, and then regar- disregarded for the rest of the movie. And it's such an entertaining concept. Yeah. It's and such he, a tease. And they, they tease it a little bit before when they show... Well, or actually after, when they show the, the whole cityscape kind of bending on itself. Yeah. Which is awesome. And you're like, oh, there's going to be some interesting action John Reese Davies uses it exactly once. Yeah. <laughs> to push a man off a little balcony, and that's it. Oh, God. So, yeah, now that's exactly what this is. He introduces a really interesting concept, and then it's never brought back. Because he's more interested in the science stuff than he is in the entertainment value. Yeah. Which is just, I'm sorry, you're making a movie to be entertaining. Come on, man. Yeah, no, he really he really messed up the balance this time. Because, like, even Inception, yes, given that you could have control over your dreams, you could do all the things that they're doing. Yeah. The science fiction part is that you can share dreams. Yeah. Right? Like, that's that's where he sort of plays with the idea, because yeah. then it makes it interesting, because then you're, like, with other people's dreams, and other people have control, and yeah. that makes it, that gives an entertainment, like, entertainment yeah, there's movie. A lot of, there's a lot of stuff in there, like, yeah. the way a body's affected somehow changes the dynamic in the dream. Yeah, right? You're yeah. falling, and therefore the dream has no gravity. It's like, yeah, hey, that, that's, that's really cool. That's really, really cool. And especially if you're sharing it with other people. Yeah. I was like, you can get this whole, like, collective... So I'm like, yeah. I, so here I am. I've just had the horrifying orchestra moment. Yeah. I'm watching... <laughs> I'm just I'm sitting there thinking to myself, my God, please save this for me, and just like, okay, you've introduced a really interesting concept. Mm-hmm. Now what? Uh, Waiting. Yep. Waiting. Ooh, there's some kind of bungee jump thing going on. That makes no sense. Oh yeah, mm, man. Reverse we bungee could, jumping up the building. We could talk about this movie for hours. Oh my God. I reverse there's bungee so jumping. Many... And that's like that's apparently not science fiction. That's just something you can do. Okay, you can. Sure. I guess, if you have no regard for your life, because you will splat against that wall. <laughs> Not only that, but apparently you could do a reverse bungee jump up a skyscraper with nobody seeing you, drawing no attention, and do it so quietly that when you arrive on the top balcony, yeah, the yeah. man in front of you didn't hear you. And, it's, and they were so smooth, too. Like, come on, 
like even John, uh, the protagonist, yeah. says that you know he's never done this before. How in God's name did you manage to nail it so perfectly? John Wick couldn't have done this nonsense. Because <laughs> the minute, because it's a bungee, right? Yeah. Like, if you pull it, it's it's a. It's you are being elastic. slingshotted up yeah. this building, and then which means that when you reach the other end, you will yeah. be slingshotted back. Yeah. <laughs> to a certain extent, and so they're able to dismount like perfectly. They get off and they take it off immediately. No, no, no. So, no, no. so what apparently they did is they shot up these like pylons. Yeah. Nobody noticed those no, hitting no, <laughs> this goddamn harpoon, which then had a bungee cord in it, which apparently you had to shoot this thing creating enough tension to create the bungee yeah. effect. Which means you must have fired this harpoon with the force of a goddamn railgun. Yeah, because I mean, you can assume that they weigh at least like what seventy to eighty oh, kilograms, maybe John, more. Because John, I'm did, sorry, yeah, he's a John, NFL player. NFL player. This guy weighs a hundred pounds. Probably. Oh no, you mean kilos? Yeah, 200, 200 pounds. Yeah, two hundred pounds in pure muscle. This yeah. man is. I'm, Robert Pattinson probably could get a strong wind to get him up there, but <laughs> yeah, he's gonna like, which is which, yeah, which, which is why I'm excited to see how he's built up for Batman. <laughs> oh god, yeah, and on him with a Batman body, that's gonna be fun. But no, I mean and like, the emo. I, uh, <laughs> yeah, see that the trailer, dude. yeah. Ooh. But no, I mean, there's so much here. Where it's kind of like, yes, we've made such a big deal of how important this physics is, and then immediately this scene, oh, god. where I am literally just sitting there going like, okay, well, physics is a lie. Perfect. But I gave that uh, like a an okay, like a like I pa- pass because at least it was interesting. It was entertaining. It was different. Like you never seen. I, at least I have never seen. No, a heist. I've never, I've never seen it. It would yeah. have been so great in like an a different movie, like a, a bank heist movie or something like right? that. Right? Yeah. Like it, if if this was a heist movie where they do time manipulation the same way that they showed oh, at the God. scientist's office, rather than the way that they actually Holy ended up shit. doing it, this movie as a heist movie would have been amazing. Yes. <laughs> Also, they have the quietest guns on Earth, apparently. Yeah, right? I'm sorry. I mean, they, like, they're not even called silencers. They're called suppressors. But they really go all out with the silencing. These guns do not make a single peep. <laughs> sorry. These it's like guns, a water squirt no, no, no. I'll tell you exactly what noise these guns make. The sound of the Star Trek doors. Yeah. That's, just, that's all they did. That's all. I hope they could pick that up, because that's hilarious. That, that that noise that is the Star Trek door noise and that is all the noise these guns made. You know, you, you have no idea how he made that sound possible. It's incredible. This this noise. <laughs> yes. That is the noise these oh, suppressors make. We have make. to have video at some point because that's hilarious. But I'm right, aren't I? You are right. But yeah. But here's the thing. You know how they actually made that noise in Star Trek? The same way you did it. No kidding. <laughs> A piece of paper being taken out of an envelope. Oh, well, that's nice. Yeah. Man, there's some really creative sound effects. There really is. Wish they'd use some in this movie. Yeah. So, uh-huh. so yeah, so they take the words. So now that the Foley artist has gently blowed on the microphone for yeah. these gunshots. <laughs> yeah, just, there's a man literally standing two feet away, and the guy next to him gets shot at point black range, and the guy goes, hmm? I have seen video game yeah. bad guys with better alertness than this. <laughs> better AI, <laughs> and like at least even in Inception, because he had he had a in the, in the first in the first the opening yeah, sequence of Inception, it. he doesn't have a silencer as well, or a suppressor, and he kills people. But there, they go out of their way to like see him run and like slide down so that he can break their fall so that it doesn't make sound. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. they kind of they kind of make 
they also, make up for it's it. It's in the dream. And it's in a dream. I was it's about to get to that. Dream, <laughs> and it's in the dream. Which is why it works. You know <laughs> what? You, you wouldn't believe how forgiving I am of dream logic. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Inception oh. works for the simple caveat it's a dream. Most of it seems. Yeah, right. pretty much. Yeah. But my. So, so yeah, God. so this weird, and then you know we find the weapons dealer who you called the plot hole. Please explain. Okay, so the entire movie really just he he goes to a scientist lady and she explains the physics that is immediately proven wrong. Yeah, <laughs> which is hilarious. <laughs> Fantastic. He arrives and the bullets she gives him, like to prove her point, that like he tests the metal and finds out they're from Mumbai. Or yeah, from some India. I, yeah, some isotope or something. And apparently, any gun bought in India goes through this one person in Mumbai. Fantastic. So he shows up in Mumbai and makes a random phone call to God knows who. And pretty... Because he used to be CIA. Yeah, and they, they pretty much told him, you're on your own. At, on you're on your point. own. But, immediately... but yeah. say the word tenet and then do this weird hand gesture. Yeah. Yeah, this one. Yeah. Uh, we're just... I, I love the fact we're on the podcast yeah, we're doing a hand gesture at each other. <laughs> where you're interlocking your hand, your fingers, basically. Yeah, it looks really stupid. It does. But, but here's the thing. He just that calls... A, doors. He calls up the CIA contact and just says, yeah, I'm actually alive. Yeah. No, no one cares. Yeah. No, at no <laughs> they point, went through great lengths to fake his death. <laughs> yeah. The agency, nobody gives a damn, apparently. No one's hunting him down from the, uh, the, black, the black ops. Maybe you remember this, but in the in the opera, uh, yeah. sorry, the or- orchestra scene, yeah. they find one of the pieces of the so-called algorithm, which, as far as I know, an algorithm is not metal; it's an actual so- piece of software. <laughs> That's yeah, an no, algorithm. it's an equation or, or it's, a mathematical equation. It's a mathematical equation. It's usually not some kind of like airplane <laughs> black box. Yeah, I know, <laughs> which is weird. But they find one of these pieces yep. at the concert house. Yep. Uh, is that what kickstarts the movie? Because. How did they go from that to then the, the no, weird okay. rock with no, the no, bullets? No, I, I remember this. I remember this because it, it's so convoluted and stupid. Is that apparently John David Washington is there to extract an agent's CIA asset. Yeah, I remember that. Who is pretending to be an arms dealer selling a nuclear uh, isotope. Which is actually what the black box thing is. But everyone is talking about it as if it's a radioactive, like, uranium sample or something. Yeah, because, funny enough, they uh, kind of explain that later on, but whatever, yeah. So, and he shows up, he shoots several people in a box, and immediately says something about Twilight? I can't remember the... the, That was the key, though. Some kind of code phrase, which apparently everybody knows. Yeah, and I think that was just a jab, because Robert Pattinson was in the movie, so it's yeah. like, yeah, it was like, well, let's use the word Twilight in there. Uh, <laughs> and really rub anyway, it in. Yeah. He never says it, though. No, uh, no. No, he it. does. The, he does it? He does, when they meet in that little bar. Does he say something? I think so. Uh, well, anyway. Uh, he hated making those movies. Anyways, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, anyway, so he gets this guy out, and the guy says, yeah, yeah, no, it's in my in the baggage claim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah it's in the, like, so now you're watching Don David Washington in full SWAT gear sprinting through an opera house with a with a tag on his luggage, like he's trying to reach an airplane. And it's, yeah, yeah, because it's it's with the uh, like coats. Yeah, and, stuff. and it's yeah. just and it, and again, this is only stuff I pieced together afterwards by thinking it through mm-hmm. during the watching of this. All you are hearing, watching, is people running and random words. And the, the soundtrack going... <laughs> it, it, 
it, blasting our eardrums out. It's just, it, it, it is the beginning of a really surreal Soviet music video. <laughs> the best part is, uh, like, this is the one time I've actually regretted going to, like, an Atmos. Uh, Dolby yeah. Atmos. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I really wish I saw it in a normal theater. Because... <laughs> By God. Anywho. Yeah. So yeah, so he gets the isotope, and then how does that go from that to... So he has this isotope thing. He, get... he gets captured. He does get captured, but what he does, he does a switcheroo, switcheroo where he seems like... What is this again? Where he takes the place of the guy who he's extracting. So when they... He, he sends... He puts himself where the extraction guy is supposed to be. Yeah, so okay. when they grab him, it's actually him, and then they have to torture him for information. Yeah, and he ends up suiciding, which is oh, this this movie begins with a man taking the CIA death pill, which apparently is fake. Yeah, it fails at it. <laughs> it's uh. just nothing makes sense and nothing matters. Who are these people? Why do they want the thing? No, and that's knows. also where you first see the reverse bullet, which is kind of interesting. Who shot it? Dano. No, no, Why yeah, is it it's there? absolutely so no, right. Yep. Because that's something that they never get back to. It is hinted at at the end of the movie that it's his future self who does it. Yeah, oh, fine, you're absolutely Because right. at the end of the movie, it is indicated that the person who has been kind of behind the scenes of all this is his future self. Yeah, and he's sort of, re- he's he's orchestrated all of this to repeat it again and again and again to avoid the future ever getting its hands on. Creating some kind of time loop, essentially. He's created a time loop, and it makes no sense. But it... This is a movie where it literally has decided, wait, we can't make this work. Confuse them. Yeah. Don't try to understand it. Don't try to understand it. <laughs> and we will enforce this by headache. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah. So, oh, do we want to really talk more about this movie? <laughs> no, no, I mean, we can... I love the fact that we pretty much got into the opening scene. And yeah, because yeah, I really but don't want to get too far into no, the rest. Here's the thing. I mean, honest to God, this movie... If you actually start thinking about it, it's just nonsense. For the most part, yeah. I, Please point to any part of this movie that justifies its existence in this world. No, that's, that's what I'm saying. I, like, the most confusing part about this movie is uh, John David Washington's motivation. Because there is no motivation. What no. is it that makes him do this? Like, why does he decide to be the one that's going to create this time loop? Not only what, that, but what why is, the is he reasonable? doing any of this? Yeah, and, He and, was a CIA agent. Great. He had to hide out on a, some kind of windmill. Yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> this long ass montage of him just living him there, doing from... push-ups in a windmill in the ocean. Great. Yeah, and then taking a ferry to Norway. Yes. Can we all just point out? And I'm sorry. This this moment happened in the film, and I could be wrong, but I'm pretty certain he slipped amongst a crew of only white people. Yeah, pretty sure. So he puts on a uniform and slips on this boat. He's the only black guy on the boat, and apparently nobody noticed it. And I'm like, ah, sure. I'm pretty sure a crew of 15 people would notice an extra dude. I don't think you can get away with this scale, really. Yeah, because that's that's how he gets to Mumbai and meets Robert Pattinson. And Robert Pattinson, literally, he makes a phone call to somebody, reveals he's alive, and meets Robert Pattinson. And Robert Pattinson is just like, hello. Yeah. Who 
And with his ascot. I love that. I love, I love it. It's such a... His slightly schlubby ascot. Yeah. He oh looks my a God. little bit... He looks like young Columbo in this. Right, yeah, because he's got the, like, the, the like, flared hair, like... Yeah. Like, like he tried to make it, like, properly, yeah. and then just kind of gave up halfway through. He looks like a college <laughs> student who just woke up and had to get run to dress right? in class. Right? But looking super posh. Yeah, it's like... He, he looks like he's at, like, you know, Eaton, and he just woke up and he realized he has class in 20 minutes. Yeah. Oh, God. And that's his entire, like, attitude throughout this. And there's a great part where he's kind of like, I actually have a PhD in physics. And I'm like, dude, how old are you? <laughs> a PhD, really? You have a PhD and you're a super spy. No, no. You are not old enough to do all of this. Well, you know, going back in time, he could have done all of I'm just going to... I'm just <laughs> No, but you're not wrong. That's no, kind of how this movie justifies yeah, itself. Kind of, I don't understand. Don't, a, don't ask me. So I, I can, I can like voodoo away a lot of the stuff uh, by sort of like trying to explain some things. Voodoo, the, voodoo painting special containment re- units <laughs> in and, in the airports of the world. So yeah, I, right. Uh, but you have yes. to, you have to explain to me one thing. That okay, you, I, like, sure. That was completely lost on me. Okay, so I'm, I'm ready. Up until a point. Yep. Uh, you you follow through the whole action sequences, and then there's that that scene that we were talking about earlier with the bullet with the the interrogation yeah. scene. Okay, yep. Up to that point, I was like, "All right, I guess I'm kind of on board." Yeah. After that interrogation scene, when the army shows up of the time travelers, yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> Where did they come from, and why weren't they there sooner? It is literally the worst. This is way bigger than you thought it was. Yeah. I've ever seen in my life. It's completely out of nowhere. And then they spend the, like the next hour of the movie doing nothing. Okay, and I'm going to be honest with you. When it comes to buzzwords, this movie has one that is even worse than don't even try to understand this. Temporal pincer movement. Yeah. Oh, my God. That Temporal is pincer maneuver. <laughs> yeah, that is repeated ab nauseum. On the second half of the movie, for sure. It just, once that these army guys show up, and everything the, is justified with the temporal, temporal pincer, pincer maneuver. <laughs> uh, and obviously the... the Kenneth Branagh's wife. The woman. Yeah, the uh, woman. Uh, saying, the a mother's woman. love. <laughs> Repeating those words. A mother's love. A mother's love. Everything, a mother's love. A mother's love. My Literally. Char- <laughs> my character motivation, some painting, and a mother's love. Jesus. Yeah, because that's how the whole thing started with, with the paint, with painting. Oh my and one god! And the most like they're they're in a restaurant and they're just talking about. I have no idea. She, she somehow like forged the authentication of a painting because she is a painting expert. Yeah, so she and that's so the threat. She's an authenticator, like a painting yeah. authenticator. She authenticates paintings, and she was. Having an affair with the uh, painter, an artist, who faked yeah, the painting, who, who and then she it. authenticated it, and that's the threat he holds against her somehow. Yeah, she authenticated it for her husband. Yeah. Uh, and you know what? And this is the thing. And the, yeah, because that will like I guess ruin her and put her to jail because that's that's yeah. illegal. You can't really do that. <laughs> yeah, which you know what? And that will take A her fanta- away from uh, from her child. A fantastic motivating factor in the next version of Kramer versus Kramer. Yeah. Does it belong in this goddamn movie? No, not no. even normally. <laughs> just completely. Upside down bungee jump. Fantastic for the next Mission Impossible movie. <laughs> Does it fit in this movie? No. 
Well, the thing is, this movie does so much weird stuff. Like uh, nothing, nothing connects with each other. No, you have the you have the you have the bungee. You have the weird like airport action sequence. Yeah, you had that car sequence with the reverse car, yeah. which turns out to be him. Which I don't know how he didn't notice it. Right? Yeah. Like, like explain that to me. <coughs> he he passes the the the. The case to yeah. Kenneth Branagh, right? Yeah, yeah. And in when you watch the reverse, he notices himself in the driver's seat yes. of the car going in reverse, but then completely forgets about it two seconds later. Apparently, ah, gun. <laughs> there's there's a lot of like <coughs> there's a lot of like narrative jumps for being made in 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 sacrifice to these concept moments, but like. <clears throat> so yeah, from from a plot standpoint, like I guess like you're like we were saying earlier, it checks off like yeah okay, so everything does connect. Yes, and it checks that off. Can I also just no, doesn't? Here's the thing: you, there's also a little point that's brought up about midway through this movie. Oh god, don't even get me started about the midway through this movie, Jesus. Yeah, you know that five hour <laughs> gap of time that <laughs> yeah. apparently got my life went down. So somewhere in there. There is an actual moment where I actually, like, sat up and started smelling the air because I had a hope. <laughs> Alright. When, for one reason or another, suddenly we went kind of time cop. If you meet your future self, yeah, yeah, you yeah. cancel out. I know! I had the exact same thought! I was like, are we going time cop with this? No. Please tell me that's how the villain but dies. But here's the thing, <laughs> we're going time cop, which is then followed by... No, no, no. Everything is destroyed. If you meet yourself, everybody dies. Like it's it's a nuclear it's it is the nuke which doesn't fucking explain anything because the, how does the airport fight scene happen or exactly. how does the or like the concert house thing Nothing happen makes so sense. clearly just like the doctors uh, the sorry the scientist scene this is just bullshit yeah <laughs> anything a scientist says is wrong cut <laughs> to Kenneth no cut to Robert Pattinson in a <clears throat> goddamn shipping container yeah oh that scene and then. The question, wait, how does any of this make sense? You know, I actually have a PhD in physics, and I don't really know. Yeah, and then that's it. It's left in that. Like, yeah. all right. Then okay. I'm like, you know what, Robert Pattinson? Your character sells me on a lot of ideas. For some reason, he is equally someone I would trust to be my lawyer and to sell me weed. Yeah. He is. <laughs> He's really, he really he, nails he that. He has such a That's sweet... a fine line, and he nails it. He nails it. You know what I don't trust this guy to do? Explain complicated <laughs> physics. <laughs> I explain. I can explain. The fact that this guy pulls out a gun, when he shows up in that little office, like, to meet John David Washington, I'm like, okay. Everything about this character tells me what this kind of character is. Fantastic. When he straps on a bulletproof vest two minutes later, I'm like, nope. Nope. <laughs> this character is not a guy who gets up there and gets into the action. God, because that whole middle section of the movie, like, that's what I mean by when I was, when I was talking to you, yeah. when we when I just finished watching it, I was texting you, I was like, the, the middle part of this movie spends far, far too long in things like the shipping container, uh, trying to befriend Kenneth Branagh. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like, literally all of a sudden jumps to, oh, now we're going to be this whole time army. army thing. And none of that is explained. Switches movies. Yeah, and none of that is even explained. Yeah. Like, where do they come from? You were pretty much How? watching a slightly sci-fi version of Heat, and now you're watching Gattaca. Yeah. It, it, is, it switches genres on you, and it is... Very confusing. I was mind blown. I was like, so 
Where did this come from? Did they even talk about this beforehand? Who is the beard dude? Why does he? Why is Mister Scotland here? I <laughs> yeah. don't understand. Whom I fully like. I was fully on board with him. He was super. I would have <laughs> loved. I would have loved him to have a name. I yeah, right. Didn't have a character. Like the protagonist. Like the protagonist. If they called him <laughs> the Scotsman, I would have been fine with that. Yeah, like at least that's something. That's some know. characterization. I, I, was he Scottish? I can't even remember. I like, don't know. He was English, or no? He was English. He was like he was very English, like yeah, yeah. broad. because yeah, he's he's with the uh, he's with the MI six with uh, Michael Caine. Yeah, Michael Caine. Yeah, Michael which Caine is with where, which is where Pattinson comes in as well, uh, supposedly. No, but Pattinson is apparently. Recruited he's, yeah, by he's re- future John <laughs> yeah. David Washington, and they have a real long and good friendship, or whatever. So you I guess what? I guess Show I guess he's the one that made him study and physics. You know what? Here's the thing, and this and just this just occurred to me. You know what? Show me that movie, right? Show. Me. I was thinking the same thing at the end. I was like, do we get to see that movie? <laughs> Show me the physics student who is a physics PhD who is recruited for his physics knowledge to be a super spy in a time switching, yeah, movie. time travel movie essentially, and make the stakes smaller. Yeah, don't jump to this. This Russian dude apparently is going to end the world because he has cancer. Again, yeah, sorry, Kenneth Branagh wants to kill everybody because he has, like, colon cancer, and yeah. I don't get it. And, but I love that he keeps checking his heart rate. That was an amazing tick that the character has. That's that's a characterization I can get behind. That's something. <laughs> but if he had a character motivation, that'd be fantastic. Yeah, it doesn't really come Because all, his, all his character wants to do is beat women and be evil. Yeah. That's essentially it. The Bond villain. Like what we're saying. He, is, he yeah. is like a slightly more... He is slightly more trailer trashy Bond villain. <laughs> it, it's just... Like, I love the fact... Like, and again, this is the thing. This movie doesn't have subtlety. No, Hello, I'm John David Washington. I am meeting you, the villain. Great. You have talked to my wife. I will now be slitting your throat and shoving yeah, your he's, balls. He's, yeah, yeah. He's, like, he's like, I'm going to cut your balls off and feed it to you. John David Washington really should just be looking at him and be like, dude, we just met. Like, we literally just met. What's wrong with you, bro? We exchanged five words. I don't understand. Oh, man. But we never even talked about... Why this technology was even created in the first place? That is the most ridiculous. Oh yeah, thing of no, all. sorry, that's amazing. So, so apparently, these people in the future are so advanced that they can create a device or an algorithm again with funny brown rabbit ears yep. that can reverse time. An algorithm that only exists as car exhaust port. Yeah, right. This thing at the end looks looked like it belonged under a Tesla. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I know. It looked really weird. It looked stupid as hell. Yeah, so they have they're so smart and they're so advanced that they can create this device that can reverse entropy and reverse time, but don't know about the grandfather paradox? Or they don't believe in it? Or something? Apparently they've decided Yeah, yeah no, no the, the only reason they give is that sometimes you gotta have a little bit of faith. Like, yeah. if you have no hope whatsoever, because apparently in the future, global warming kind of takes all off and kills everyone. Yeah. <laughs> and there's no... Kind of like what happened in the beginning of Interstellar. Yeah. That's the world in the future, essentially. Yeah, apparently. And and even worse, I guess. Uh, so, yeah. So, oh, they're like, okay, so we're gonna, we're gonna create this machine because it's the only chance we have, essentially. Yeah. And they give it to that... They, they deliberately pass it back in time... To the point where uh, Kenneth Branagh was searching through the rubble of uh, some pl- some hidden city in Russia. Yeah, some hidden city in Russia, 
uh, a nuclear uh, cleanup. Yeah, thing, some kind of reactor that went full on. And so they deliberately chose that person. Yes, they <laughs> for some reason. Well, admittedly, they chose a guy who literally looked at the world and went, "Well, if my wife has left me and I have cancer." It's time to make everything end. Yeah, because because I guess in the future's mind, which the minute they did that, yeah. if nothing changed, then clearly their plan failed. Yeah, right. <laughs> like that's that, that's come on. Like that's immediately you know. Oh, we failed. All right. Okay. Good to know. No, I, you know what? You <laughs> no, know what, no, they just grow with it. You know when the movie really just like took a serious turn for me? The soldier guy showed up, as we say, and in the interrogation scene. Yeah. Fine. You know what? Okay, movie. I'm kind of willing to follow you here. We've ended up in a shipping container, and it's going back in time. Great. Yeah, several weeks back in time. Several weeks back in time, and I can kind of see what you're doing with circular logic. He's actually fighting himself at the airport. I figured that out the second yeah, you I didn't know. show me that That's guy's face. Exactly. The second Robert Pattinson pulls the, oh, no. the I, mask. I figured it out when the guy first showed up. You're, you are in a movie that features some kind of reverse time, and you are fighting a dude wearing a full-covering face mask? Yeah, it's you. I guess. There's absolutely no way that wasn't going to be John David Washington, actually. Yeah. But, I, well, I, I was kind of up in the air. Maybe it's Robert Pattinson, maybe it's not. But the minute that he pulls off the mask, looks at him, and goes, Okay, now I'm not going to focus on you anymore. I was like, ah, it's definitely John David Washington. But it's like, you know what? That happens. All right. I'm, I'm kind of there with you. Fine. But the second you show me the giant boat that has a huge time reversal engineering setup where yes. all of these soldiers are going through this process and you've you clearly got this massive infrastructure going on mm -hmm. and your entire explanation of this is, well, Suja is the biggest weapon dealer in India. Right? And like, I, okay. I am and just, then what? <laughs> I am just sitting there going, I'm sorry. What movie am I watching? Yeah, no. I was, like, the minute the Time Army shows up, that's when the movie completely lost me. Like, I was at least on board for some of it up until that point. But yeah. I was just like, oh, okay. Yeah, it's kind of Okay, like, this, it, is, yeah. this has turned into something else. Yeah, like, you are literally, you are sitting there watching something that really did remind me of Heat, but with a sci-fi element. Yeah. Great. Suddenly we are saving private time lapse. It don't get it. <laughs> but it had some of the most amazing. And then the end comes. Yeah, which which has, uh, like I don't know. It's it's bad, but it's also got some great scenes. Yeah, but okay, here's again the choreography is amazing. <laughs> the choreography is great, but here's okay. So there's the the people moving forward and backward at the same time, and the explosions going forward and backwards in time at the same time. All that stuff is amazing. Yeah. But in the context of what the the plot of the movie, it doesn't, doesn't make a single lick of sense. Because apparently you have sent people to the future who are then going to go backwards in times to meet when the bomb has already gone off, but clearly it hasn't, therefore the mission succeeded. Yeah, exactly. And here, Okay, and here's the thing for me. And I literally, I, I had this when I'm watching this movie. There is a moment in this movie where a building... Blows up, or no, a building is in ruins, it is reconstructed to then immediately blow up again. But differently. But differently, bottom yeah. and top. Yeah. And I am literally sitting there going, ah, that was the first thing that someone wrote as a script yes. point. Yep. Someone looked, someone that thought of that idea 
and then base the entire rest of the story yeah, to justify com- that moment. I had the exact same idea watching that. I was like, yep, this was the one- this was the money shot that Nolan wanted to do, yeah. and it kind of just had to justify it by making this whole movie around it. And I, I, I just... That and the and the airport fight scene. No, which, no. I, which I guess was like a byproduct. I think that's a byproduct. I think this... But, but that does have some interesting concepts as well. Like, yeah, it, yeah. like the, the flying gun that then runs back into his hand and all that stuff. That's pretty cool. A, yes, it all works very well from a choreography standpoint. But I'm still... Again, tech word. Yeah, that's true. It did go on for a long time. It went on for a long time and the camera work and, is very And poor. they did it twice. <laughs> they have to, we you have to watch, watch it we twice. We have to watch it twice. <laughs> we had to watch some great. skinny Norwegian running a run out of a room because apparently fire systems need to murder people. Right? That <laughs> was weird. But I really love And again, Terminator Pop. 2. That they took yeah. that straight from yep. Terminator yep. 2. I don't know, man. <sighs> well, I guess we've talked enough about this movie. This movie has issues and it's it it's got severe issues. fundamental issues, which is such a problem when it's ba- the whole point of the movie is a fundamental concept. Like I have absolutely nothing against the the concept. Yeah. The actors, most of them very well known and fantastic. Yeah. Uh, most. Yeah, well, I, I you know I didn't even remember the the, the woman, so I don't know. She hasn't yeah, really had I mean, an impact. The, but this is my point. Even the even the two performances we liked, we like it because they don't fit in this movie. No, they don't. They are. Robert Pattinson is one step away from a stoner comedy. He looks. He looks disheveled. He looks disheveled and slightly confused. And this is great. I'm sorry. I just need to interject here with one point. When being interviewed about this movie, he Robert Pattinson said, "You know, I don't actually understand the movie." Mm-hmm. And the interviewer went, decided ah, he's probably just like I think he's just fucking with me. So he calls up Christopher Nolan and says, "Okay, I have just had this comment from." Uh, Robert Pattinson. He says he doesn't understand the movie. Is he fucking with me? Actual Christopher Nolan quote. Well, with with Robert, you have to kind of assume he's slightly fucking with you all the time. Uh, okay. <laughs> well, I can believe that. Which is kind of like a... Yeah, because that's whole, his whole thing in this movie. I, I believe nothing he says. Right? Everything, it's really hard to believe him. Everything he says. Which is why I was kind of like... Uh, I I, I kind of saw coming like the the re- the reverse switcheroo, which is like no, he is totally trustworthy. You think he's not trustworthy, but he is totally trustworthy because he was so obviously not trustworthy. <laughs> it's just <laughs> which is funny because you're trying to make this like whole uh, spy movie. Essentially, yeah. that's what this is. It's yeah. a spy movie that turns into something a different, a whole different kind of monster. But it's a spy movie. That's it's what it's like. It wants to be a spy movie, but it just can't pull it off. No. And it's like, there's so many aspects of this that I just don't understand because it gets so goddamn convoluted with this concept. Which didn't have to be that way. They they literally could have done, like, two scenes explaining it. They actually have the two scenes, and yep. if they stuck to those two scenes, that's it. That's all you needed. You know what it really... Everything needed? else was pointless. Yeah, but you know what they needed? They needed the... Again, I keep going back to Inception because it is so similar and yet done so much better. What they needed was a secondary objective, and this concept needed to be just part of the mechanics. Yeah, okay. They needed to be stealing something, or kidnapping somebody. Yeah, as a heist movie. Yeah, Yeah, it should have been a heist movie. An assassination movie, anything else except making this time travel thing both the threat, 
the concept, the driving force, and the only mechanic of the movie. Yeah. And it just can't support it because it is nonsense. It quickly devolves into nonsense. It yes. just devolves into complete nonsense. And had they kept it smaller scale, it could have worked. Yes. But the minute you start having these massive machines and soldiers going in and out yeah. of them constantly from both sides, which is mean, like, all right, it, it was when kind of, did this guy get a whole army? Yeah, but, but it, the thing for me is kind of like it went two ways, which is like I'm sitting there and like, okay, bullets can go backwards. Whoop-de-doo. I just, I, uh, like, that's not enough to get me on board with this, because it's not interesting. It's just kind of like, it's another action mechanic. Yeah. And you're not doing anything creative with it. Fine, fine, fine. What's happened until about an hour in is that a bullet's gone backwards. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing, else Nothing else has been used of this concept. That's true. And then the soldiers show up, and I'm like, okay, this world is opening up a little bit. But then it immediately jumps leagues yeah. forward in terms of, now this mechanic is everything. Yeah, and that's what I mean, where, where, that's what I meant when I was texting you, I was like, well, they kind of linger way too much on some parts, which yeah. is that middle section with the hangar, and the We're airport, in a shipping and all container. that stuff, and the we airport, and all that stuff, they linger so long in that, and then they literally just, like, make these huge leaps, both narratively and logically, yeah. <laughs> where, where now, like you said, now this is everything, apparently. And, like, there's this whole world that's, that's not even established, that's no. involved. We, this was the only thing I'll establish, the crossing of the hands on the word tenant. Yeah, what we really do have is the opening hour of the first movie, right? Yeah. The second act of the second movie, <laughs> and then the third act of the third movie. And none of them really hang together in no. any way, shape, or form. It is the Back to the Future trilogy, but you only get the opening where Marty goes back to the future. We are then cutting to the Marty who has to steal from himself the Almanac yeah. to then that's cut true. the Wild that's West. absolutely true. Oh my god, that's such a good analogy. That is what that is, is literally what happened. In that this is movie. what this movie is doing. And you literally are like, wait, we're on a boat? There's so many times you just end up on a boat for no reason in this movie. And amazingly, the boat was moving backwards. The, the, waves, the waves were moving the backwards. The waves are moving backwards, and there's a, and John David Washington's doing pull-ups again. Again, yeah. There's just, so many of these montages throughout. Okay, great. The world is at stake, and yet we're going to mess it all up for this one woman and a mother's love. A mother's love. Oh, my God. Oh, I hated that line it's by the end so, of it. And she used it like six times. Easy. Yeah, at least six oh, yeah. times. That's like, okay, I get it, bro. Yeah. Like, Her he, whole motivation was a son who had no speaking lines, and we saw him twice. Yeah, exactly. And even in Incep uh, Interstellar, which yeah. is the worst line in the movie, is when uh, Anne Hathaway is trying Anne to explain yeah. uh, the whole Oof. love concept. And it's like, at least there, they had the restraint to hold it back and say it only the one time. <laughs> they had it the one time. They did it during the slow pan in with the crying. But, yeah, but... All right. But it's like, it was the one time you had that restraint. Here, it's like, no, let's mention it like 50,000 times. Let's make the whole movie about this shit. Yeah, but here's the thing. Just take a beautiful little moment and imagine Anne Hathaway in this movie. As that character. Yeah. Better? Much. Yeah. But still bad. Still bad. Like you were saying, we like Kenneth Branagh, we like Robert Pattinson. And to, to some extent, also, I like the physicality of uh, John David Washington, but yeah. none of these characters 
are characters. They're just like shells of something. Yeah, no, no. Ha- had, had Robert Pattinson not been so jokey and sort of charismatic, Colo- yeah, it wouldn't have worked. It would have no. been just as bland. Oh, no, no, he's, Cal- he's still completely unexplained. His yeah. motivation makes no sense. The, they, don't, they don't even bother to explain it. They just say, you come back to me in the future. Your future self comes to my past. Yeah, and, and he just does it with a little... And he, well, and like, he okay. sacrifices himself at the end of the movie. <laughs> and he does it in the... He did it with the casualness of me saying... By the way, I'll pay for lunch. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. That was so weird. It's like, and the same thing what? with Kenneth Branagh. Had he yeah. not been so batshit crazy, he would, he would have been such a bad villain. Because, again, his motivation completely falls apart. Yeah, okay. Oh, my, no, so, my wife doesn't like me, and I'm, I'm dying of cancer, so I'm going to kill everyone. No, no. And there's a great little point here. And, I, and it really occurred to me, just like, it just popped into my head now. Wait a second. So Kenneth Branagh, again, batshit crazy. Uh-huh goes back in time to relive the best day he's recently had. Right? Yeah. So, at this exact moment in time, when the world is on the cusp of extinction by him, yeah. and his little heart monitor is registering that he's still alive and waiting to run out before everybody dies, there are two Kenneth Branaghs running around, That's true. both with a heart monitor. That's true. One of whom is completely unaware of what the other guy is doing. That's true. Because he just leaves, and then the other guy comes back. Yeah. Which means, just, I mean, there's, the circular logic here is like, number one, how does this device know which one to listen to? That's true. Number two, how can it be that he went into the future to then send himself back if at this exact moment he annihilates time? Well, clearly it didn't work. No. That's why he was able to do it. Yeah. You just, I mean, time travel movie, and this is the problem. Time travel movies, generally speaking, fall apart when you think about There's them. There's only been hard. one that's nailed it. Primer. Yeah. Primer is the only one. And that's because it was written, directed, and even acted by a physicist. Yes. With a PhD. With a what, PhD. What Robert Pattinson claims to be, yeah. that guy actually was. Yeah. <laughs> and he wrote that movie, and only that movie. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But here's the thing. That worked. Primer worked because it was so small. It was incredibly small. It, it was it was painted. literally focused on two characters yes. and the span of three attempts. Three or, attempts. Yeah. And that's, that's it. it. <laughs> this movie is huge. Yeah. It feels pale and bland, but it's massive. Which is why I kept saying, like, had they short or not 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 so much the runtime. I mean yeah. two and a half two and a half movie two and a half hour long movies are okay nowadays, especially. Yeah. But just the scale. Bring it down, bro. This thing is a goddamn blue whale. It is just a big pile of nothingness just floating through an ocean eating plankton. Because even in his like, earlier movies, like for as, as large scale as they seem, some of them, like Inception and oh, Stellar, yeah. Dunkirk, they're, they're usually about small... All little things. Yeah. like And the motivations are small. I want to see my children. Yeah. Like, that's it. That's the, that's, that's the entire Someone reason. Someone killed my wife. I mean... And, and what this movie was desperately trying to be, which I think was with the whole mother's love thing, what it was desperately <laughs> trying to be was the scene from Shutter Island. Yep. Where she tries to... Where she goes crazy and yeah. says, because it's because I love my children. But that scene was incredibly powerful. Oh, yeah. By an actress of a caliber and much much higher than also Scorsese. <laughs> also Scorsese, that helps. But no one is no one is up to the task. He could be. No, he's not. He could be. <laughs> I have hope. And Hathaway. Love. <laughs> but in his earlier movies, he, he had some really good scenes. Remember he, Prestige when uh, when uh, Rebecca Hall talks with uh, Christian Bale's character, yeah. and she explains how she understood. 
how some days he loves her more than others. Okay. And that was a reason why, you know. I'm gonna want you to. I want you to do something. Scene. I want you to do something for me. Uh, think about that scene. Yeah. Now think about the transcript of that scene. Remove the performance. Does it work? Well, that's what I'm saying. Is they wanted this? That's the Shadow Island scene, but they needed an actress of that caliber to pull it off. Yeah. No, I don't disagree. Yeah, that's, with what that, I, that's what I'm trying yeah, to get at. Exactly. Is, no, it just is like this. This his, his, this movie hinges on the performances because there are no characters. Oh, the casting is so bad. Oh, I really, I really think the casting is bad. It was really bad to cast. Uh, well, actually, no, because I think most of these actors. I don't know about uh, the woman. I don't know that much no. about, but the others, like Michael Caine, uh, even the. Oh, the American CIA director, or whatever, the, yeah, in the beginning, something, something. Yeah, I, you've seen him in other movies. Like they're all good. John David Washington, great. No, Bob Pattinson, no, Kenneth the, Branagh, the they're casting, all big characters. The casting is poor because it's just such a bad mix of energies. Yeah, and it's just it also is the fact that I think Pattinson and John David Washington, while that works, like that age bracket really does work really well for something like Black Klansman. This movie, the kind of gravitas they're really aiming for, it needs slightly older actors. This movie was missing the chemistry that John David Washington had with Adam Driver. Oh, yeah. Oh! That's what this movie was missing. Definitely. Yeah, no. And I'm obviously like... a better writer. Yeah, but. Way! But yeah, because this movie was trying to hinge, like, it was hinging on that we buy this relation, this friendship. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Yes, it does. How did this movie... Okay, this movie... This friendship worked. No. Great. I'm saying... Yeah, no, but the, the, the hinges on them... No, no, worked. but think about it. Think about it. Yes, okay, let's imagine that it was Adrian Bro... Adam... Adam Driver. Yeah. I don't know why I said Adrian Brody. Those two really do mix <laughs> yeah, in my they, head a bit. They, do, they, do, they have some similar traits. I understand. Yeah, the noses. <laughs> the noses. But, <laughs> but uh, Adam Driver, John David Washington... Okay. Yeah. Does that make any of what happens less nonsense? No, but like we said earlier, it doesn't need to make sense as long as it's an entertaining movie and it yes, kind of works within its own universe. Yes, but this movie just is so adamantly trying to explain itself realistically. That's true. And it takes itself so seriously. And it's just, that's the problem. Anyway. We can really bitch and moan about this thing Yeah, we've, we've already day. talked about an hour and a half. Hour and a so, half, yeah, let's, let's, let's wrap it up. Let's wrap it up. Uh, you know, recommend uh, 10 out of 10. Uh, not, obviously not 10 out of 10. What do you give it out of 10 is what I mean. <laughs> do Honestly, you even give it a score? <laughs> do you dare give it a score? Five. Perfectly average movie. In, yeah. our, in our scale, a five is average, 10 is essential, yeah. one is absolute garbage. Yeah, I mean, this is... this is I, The only reason I'm going to give this a five is because there is enough individual pieces that, yeah, you know what? You might be worth catching it on, I don't know, TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it's streaming somewhere, great. Uh, it's not worth the price of admission. It's not something I'm really going to recommend heavily to anybody. Uh, the more I've thought about it, the less I've liked it. Yeah. I walked out of the cinema going, okay. And the more it's sat in my head, the worse I thought of it. Absolutely. The, the more it stews in your head, the less it makes sense. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, five. Yeah. And yep. going into this, I was going in for a six, yeah. slightly above average movie, because I still think that the action seeks, well, at least from a technical standpoint, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. And uh, some of the characters are fun. Yeah. Sure. So, but then then again, everything else drags it so far down. It, it really, <laughs> it's really, does. It's, it's a, really it's hard. It's a big old anchor, man, I'm telling oh. you. 
So I'm 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 on the edge between five and six. So I guess I'm just gonna have to land on a on a six with an asterisk. I guess. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, slightly above average, but that's because I have deep love for Nolan and his earlier works, and I hope to see him redeemed in the next movie. I can't imagine he will be. Me neither, but I hope. <laughs> yeah, this is such a clear progression issue. Yeah, I know. His, last, right. his last three movies have not been great. Yeah. Four, actually. Ah, pretty much. He's he's on a bit of a downward. Yeah. Which is a shame. All anyway, right, so yeah, where so, can people reach us? Yeah, so we are available on most podcast streaming services. We're on iTunes. We're on uh, Twitch. We're on... Um, we're not on Twitch. We're on uh, Spotify, Spotify and Stitcher. Stitcher. Yeah. Twitch and Stitcher. I don't know. We're also and on YouTube. Which we're on YouTube. Yeah. Yep. And if you want to support the show, we have a Patreon account, patreon.com slash site on screen. Mm-hmm. And if you want to give us some feedback or pop us a question or anything, you can write us on site on screen at gmail.com. But of course, the biggest thing you can do to support the show is tell a friend. Yeah, Send someone a link. To let, a, let them know that this exists and that there are two guys sitting in Norway talking about movies and not liking Christopher Nolan right now. Yeah. <laughs> they don't really have too many tangents this time. I'm proud of us. Yeah, this movie didn't lend itself to tangents because there we, were we so much to upset about. We did the time cop tangent, but yes, that's... Because let's be honest. They did, they, they did it themselves. They did it themselves. <laughs> and and had no relevance to the movie. <laughs> I was so hoping that no, either Kenneth Branagh would like merge with himself and explode. Yeah, that would be that, like, that would be the end of the world device, essentially. And, I, and I'll be honest, I think on the ending note, let's just all have a beautiful moment where we could imagine that Robert Pattinson looked dead into the camera and went... There's never enough time. Ha! <laughs> yes! <laughs> <laughs>